What's up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark DeBerry, the podcasting coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And on the road to ditching your job, for a lot of people, it is a solo road. But for some people, they ditched the job together. They co-found the company together. And we are going to talk with uh, our guest today, who has done just that. He had his beginnings at Wall Street. He and uh, his partner decided to leave that part of their lives behind and co-found two companies, uh, Riznos and The Slumber Yard, which are two consumer product review websites. And prior to starting the company, as mentioned before, they both worked at Wall Street as middle market investment bankers. So our guest who joins us for this episode of Ditch the Job is none other than Jeff Rizzo. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Jeff, I'm so happy to have you on Ditch the Job. And it's interesting that not only did you ditch the job with a partner, but rather than ditch that partner, you, re, you unite and you create companies together. So uh, I feel like that is, we haven't had that kind of a story yet where it's people uh, come together to create uh, a company. So I'm wondering if you could share with us uh, how the experience was a little different since you weren't alone in ditching the job and you had uh, Matt who... For people who don't know, Matt was is the person who co-founded the companies. Uh, so I wonder if you could talk about that experience a little bit and uh, how it's different from just doing it alone. Oh, man, it's the way to go. Uh, so first off, Matt's an amazing person. He's incredibly smart. He's the only person. Well, actually, you know, he's the hardest working person I know. He would push a quarter around a track by his nose. Like he will do anything and everything. He's the most amazing person. And I got lucky to, uh, you know, become friends with him when we were working in finance. And then, um, you know, when we started these businesses, he was, uh, he's on my dream team. So it's great. I mean, we split everything, the stuff that he's great at, he does the stuff that I'm pretty good at. I do. And it's, I mean, you've started your company probably I would imagine by yourself. So every single little thing you've had to do. I haven't had to do every single thing by myself. So sharing in the burdens, sharing in the losses, sharing in the making the money, sharing in everything. It's, it's, I think it's the way to go. In fact, I don't think I will ever start another business without a business partner. Wow. That's a very uh, interesting take and statement. And I mean, when you do have a business partner, you do split up work. You do like if you have a bad quarter or you have a good quarter, but if you have a bad quarter, I mean, you've got someone you could, talk to about that it's not like you go on this internal negative experience like you could talk it out you can figure out how to do better so i definitely see the co-founder mentality and how that's a good thing uh one of the risks though is you know not in your case but you know you could partner with a bad person and that can hurt you so i'm wondering how you and matt found each other and developed that trust for one another and knew that you two would uh not mess each other over. Well, we got really lucky, right? We worked in finance and, uh, you know, a particular industry where we worked in is notorious for working people till midnight, 1am, 2am, 3am regularly, you know? And so I was in the trenches with him. It was almost like we were on a football team together because we, you know, we had everybody in the office at all times. We were one team and I got to know the type of person. Again, Matt is the hardest working person I've ever met. He has a lot of integrity He's a great person. I mean, it was, it was a no brainer. I just got completely lucky and I knew exactly who I was going to do business with. 
way before we even started the companies. I mean, that's one good thing you guys should be doing listening. If you are still at a job, look at your coworkers, look at the people who you're working with. Jeff immediately, very early on, was like, Matthew's this hard worker. This is a guy who I have to be partnering up with. And it's definitely paid off for Jeff, but that's because you know who the uh, coworkers are and you know how to build relationships with those people. Uh, can you talk about how you and Matt got to know each other and build that relationship to the point where it was, let's start a business together? Because that's not something that readily happens to anyone. Yeah, well, you know, I think it uh, a decent amount with, um, you know, uh, people that are very competitive you know, and they're working in the industry and they're working extremely hard. And then they decide, oh, I want to start something for myself and see if I can do it. Um, but really with Matt, it was just that we spent a lot of time together and, you know, in finance, I might do the financial model. He would do, um, you know, he would put together the deck. I would, you know, I would do one thing, he would do the other. And we really were working Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday until midnight every night. It's just, in, it's very laborious and tiresome and exhausting. And, um, and it's all about teamwork. And so we just built this rapport after working with each other for several years. And, you know, when we did start this business, it was great that I had such a great, or it was great that I had such a trustworthy person because, you know, Matt put a lot of bit money into our business personally. So did I. And when, you know, for years when we didn't make any money and we were barely, barely paying ourselves after having, you know, very high salaries previously, it, you know, it, it tested us and, Again, I just got very lucky. I mean, uh, I know the Wall Street mentality. Uh, it is kind of like they run you to the ground. It's the intense hours. My mom has a Wall Street background. I'm a finance major, though that doesn't. I'm doing the podcasting stuff and all that. So, uh, but um, what was like some of the steps that led to you really deciding you were ready to ditch the job and get out of there? Because people will look at that high paying job and they'll be like, you know, I should just stay here. And especially for something like wall street, because not only do you have to, you know, go through the psychological stuff of like getting out of that job, but you have to find extra time in an already intense schedule. So can you talk about some of the steps and how you're able to eventually get out? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people that work in investment banking, very inquisitive. They love learning about different businesses. They love talking to board members and entrepreneurs and, and they love learning about companies and, and what makes them tick, why they're successful, why they fail. And so all the people that we work with had that same mentality. And uh, so we're just constantly learning about different businesses every day, all day. I'm sure it happens in every single investment banking firm. Everybody is just kicking back, you know, working all day, but talking about the you know, the merits of a certain business. Oh, have you thought about maybe doing this or that? I mean, Matt and I thought about uh, buying a chain of liquor stores. So we just would kick back and talk about business all day long. I mean, it was, it was a lot of work, but um, everybody talks about business. So over time, we just started refining the thing that we were more interested in. Uh, the thing that would probably wasn't a whole lot capital intensive from the beginning because we didn't have a whole lot of money, even though we, you know, cause we were just a couple of years out of college. Um, and so just over time, we refined which ones were most attractive to us until we found a business model that, that fit. And it's interesting you bounce around a few different ideas and then you come up with the ideas that you've taken off the ground now. 
Um, I'm wondering if you could share with us because some people, they come up with all these different ideas. They're not sure which one to go with. How did you finally decide on your idea? I know you had the criteria of low investment, but you could still have like a whole bunch of different ideas that fit that criteria. So what allowed you to hone in on one instead of uh, still juggling around, still getting distracted by all the different ones out there? Well, one thing was the low capital investment. The second thing was that um, we wanted something that was scalable quickly. And I use the example of liquor stores, but it's not necessarily scalable quickly. The third thing was, is, is we wanted something that was uh, at least in part analytically driven because we're both very good in, in you know, financial modeling. And we wanted to be able to take some, granted, again, we were fresh out of college and we didn't have that many skills, but we wanted something that was just a little bit more technical that that we could possibly um, you know pick up quickly and uh, and 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 use some of our finance skills on. Uh, beyond that, we wanted something. Uh, I mentioned scalability, but not just scalability, but the the ease of getting to profitability. Hmm. And so uh, it wasn't just about the re- the payback period, but when we could start you know, making a little bit of profit on the business. And what happens with a lot of these online uh, companies is that you don't invest a whole lot of money. If you've got the right model from the beginning, which we didn't, we had to work at it for a long time. You can start making a little bit of money and it kind of snowballs over time. And, you know, we didn't have to buy any crazy expensive equipment like uh, a manufacturer would. So I, it was just the perfect mix of us getting lucky, us being in, extremely inquisitive and le- learning about business. And the big part of what you mentioned is you said, you know, you make a little bit of money that it snowballs later on. And that is something that a lot of people know, but they're waiting for that snowball to happen for them. So can you share with us how you are able to go from a little bit of income to being able to have the snowball and being able to gain and build on the momentum instead of just being at a flat level month after month? Yes. And I think there's two things. So one is we needed to make some money. The second thing was that we needed something to tell us that we were gaining traction because even though at the very beginning, we weren't really making much money, we we saw a few things that were encouraging us. And then we just thought, okay, let's really buckle down and think about, you know, ways to make money and, and, and all that. So it wasn't just about profitability. It was about gaining traction um, in terms of becoming profitable all we did was start out few revenue streams and then add to them and refine to them over time. Um, like as an example, you know, we do a lot on YouTube and I know that you really like YouTube as well, but I'd say for the first eight months, we didn't even have ads enabled. Like we weren't even making any money on display advertising. It was just ludicrous. Um, but our subscribers were going up and our views were going up, which really kept us interested. Yeah, YouTube is a really great platform. I talk a lot about that in my book, YouTube Decoded. And uh, when it comes to YouTube, it's just a matter of posting great content and having a way to get people to that content. And then all you got to do at that point is just optimize for SEO. The algorithm, if you're lucky, takes over. The algorithm is a little harder to, you know, you don't want to rely on it, but, you know, you can set up to make sure it happens. So, uh, can you talk about some of the things that you've done to grow your business? I know you mentioned YouTube, um, and if you wonder if you could share some of the other stuff you're doing, or even talk about YouTube a little bit as well. Well, I'd say YouTube is the single biggest thing that we do. Um, I think that's our core. I think that's um, I think that's what we're best at. 
and we really like YouTube. And I think video is the future of the internet. Uh, and so we really just like making videos. Of course, we have websites. Uh, we tried building a mobile app and we've done all these other things, but I really like YouTube because I get to engage with people. Like this video, it's so much more interactive. People can gauge your sincerity. You can't hide behind a video. Um, and the other thing is, I would say the most important thing with YouTube is the quality of the content. Um, and then there are fringe things like, of course you need to, I don't know, do all the SEO stuff you mentioned. You want to make sure that your microphone is fine and your video is fine. But at the end of the day, if what you have to say is helpful, if your content is good, it doesn't you do. Somebody is going to find that video. I have no idea how, and you're going to gain subscribers and gain views. So the first thing, the only thing we really focus on, I could care less about almost everything else. We try to do them. We try to do them well. I just care about the quality of the content. That's all I care about. Yeah, that's a good point. The quality content is what matters the most because uh, if you get people, but you lead them to bad content, they're not going to come back and they're not going to like you. If you get quality content, you create that. Even if you have a small tribe, that's going to be a group of people who respect you. And then as you grow, uh, it's going to be positive growth because you know if you've got growth towards negative content, things aren't going to work out as well for you. YouTube and video definitely being a big part of the future of the internet. Uh, Jeff, I'm wondering, uh, with that in mind, if you could share with us where we can find you. I know you've got YouTube. We'll link to your YouTube channel in the show notes, but uh, where are some other good places we could find you as well? Well, we don't use the whole other, um, you know, we don't use a lot of the other social media platforms much, but we use YouTube. We have uh, a couple of websites. MySlumberyard.com is where we review of like a lot of betting products. We have Riznos.com, which is a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, tech guy oriented products. Um, so Rizzo's.com, myslumberyard.com. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, I, I'd love to pick your brain about Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We don't use them a whole lot. Uh, I haven't had a whole lot of success maybe because I'm, I'm don't know a whole lot about them, but I don't, I don't tend to use them that much. Maybe to answer a few comments here or there, but I don't know if I see the opportunity for our business that other people seem to find for their business. I mean, all social networks are really great if you know how to use them. Uh, YouTube being really great, uh, Facebook and Twitter, and Instagram, LinkedIn, all those are great in their own ways. Um, but I mean, it just comes down to how you use them and YouTube is working really well for you. We do have your channel link in the show notes and the other great things you mentioned. Um, but I mean, it's been a pleasure to have you on Dips to Job and I appreciate you for taking the time to join us today. Oh yeah, I'm fired up. Thanks for your time.